started talk me some art and other stories the podcast um i had an open slate as you all know clearly um it was open borders open borders a policy i don't i don't uh relate to given countries as far as countries are concerned but i do like open borders when it comes to the porosity, the porosity of ideas. There's a word for you. And um, my my feelings on uh, distilling the the whole idea of talk me some art and other stories into one idea. Um, one well, actually, look at it this way: uh, taking taking the subject and looking at it from a literal a literal point of view, which is almost the same thing, uh, would have limited would have limited these podcasts. Um, can I do a weekly podcast? Sure. Can I do a daily? We found that out. I can do daily podcasts. There's enough contact con- context. There's enough uh, material uh, that would make a stand-up comic. Uh, beam with self-confidence. There's enough context out there to expand the show and do a daily and be uh, be in the moment and uh, convey my ideas. Um, I try not to be obtuse. I try to be direct. I try to put in a little bit of an interesting bent on my own daily existence convey it to you in a succinct form. I try not to let get in my own way. I try to take the path of least resistance. That's my mantra. Uh, sometimes the path is opened up to you when you take the path of least resistance. There, um, there's less distraction, there's more focus, more focus. So getting back to the whole modus operandi is why uh, this show is called Talk Me Some Art and Other Stories. That's the part that matters. Well, art matters, of course, in our daily lives, in our relationships, um, in, in, in our attitudes, in our judgments. We, I did a whole program on options, what our options are in life. What are your options in life? as you drive in your car listening to this podcast. What are your options in life as you uh, sit in your uh, man cave with maybe a couple of friends listening in? What paths do you take? What, what, how are those options limited to you? And what do you have to work with? I'd say the more fortunate us in a, with us as I said on that podcast from a few days ago, um, most of us are. Uh, if we limit our, if we, the most, most of us hopefully have have more options and less. Uh, most of us um, 
have things to work with. And the, the richer your life, the more options you have. The more options you have. You can go back to being a bum if you want. You can go back to being homeless. You can go back to uh, being a lush at the bar at the corner. Uh, you can you can go back to being a prick, a, a notable prick if you want. Um, and not to say that my audience are pricks. Um, some of my best friends are audiences. So I like the whole group thing, and I like to talk to people uh, and look like I'm talking one-on-one -on -one with them. I hope that my, my uh, ramblings relate to you. I hope they, they hit you at a relatable level, at least, and um, make you maybe want to ponder, continue to ponder with me. I'd like to tag you along, take you along for the ride. I'll take you along for the dead walk, the walk out in the woods, the walk uh, that you, where you learn about nature and poetry um, that you didn't in school. It's a separate, separate entity here. We're talking a separate entity. Um, how do I fill my day? How do I occupy my day with thoughtful observation that I can later uh, put in a morning podcast, which my, most of my podcasts are in the morning. Most of my podcasts are introspective. Most of my podcasts are observational. And most of my podcasts um, are pretty direct, I must say. Um, and so my cats are pretty much, this won't morph into a morning rumination segment. I might save that for later in the show. But the daylight is starting to make itself apparent. And I just thought I'd hit you with that one because that's how, how the day is going for me. It's a nice opening to a day. It's a, sort of a new beginning. Each day is a sort of a new beginning for us. Um, we can draw upon the past, but we, we look to the, to the future, the optimistic future each day. That's why gloomy days are hard. That's why rainy days are hard. That's why they start out pretty miserable. And, uh, you know, you know what you're in for. There's a sense of security. There's a sense of coziness and having a shelter over you. We all need food and shelter and safety. It's the hierarchy of needs. Um, and the, the others uh, being uh, being um, purpose and the third hierarchy or hierarchy yes hierarchy of needs is uh, spiritual and uh, uh, personal growth so one one is just survival the other is, is a stasis point a static uh, not a static but a a staple aspect being that with purpose and family and love relationships and people interpersonal relationships that could be the third that could be the second name for that instead interpersonal relationships and our family being number one our friends being number two our acquaintances and work associates being number three 
And that's that's really the order. No one's gonna no one's gonna switch that order around. God Himself won't come down and change the order. He won't send Jesus to come down and rearrange things. That's the way the order is, and that's the way we know it. That's how animals survive. Except they don't have the they don't have the real third component, do they? Animals are missing that third component of uh, I'm gonna say spirituality of uh, growth, of, um, of higher, higher, higher awareness. They don't have that. They, they lack that. We know they do from our observations. Uh, but they do have the first two. They seek shelter and food to comfort themselves and to be healthy, to at least start at a healthy point. When you have your health, you can get the other two and they can have meaning. You can still do the other two if you don't have health, but from your perspective, it's not a good way to live. So number one, be healthy. You know, eat right, exercise. I don't have to tell you what the norms is. Get out of the bike. I haven't ridden my bike in, in, in two weeks. I hate to say it. I rode my bike uh, just to go get shopping. I do, I take my bike to, to the supermarket. That's the way it is. I live in Pawtucket, and uh, I just go down the city streets, and I uh, weave my way through, uh, and then all of a sudden I'm in the um, I'm in the milk aisle, uh, getting my half and half, and my eggs, and my yogurt, and that's the last the last strip of shopping news that uh, that's the last the last journey I make before I head to the cash register pay for my groceries and um, you know, pick up my cigarettes and then get on my bike. And how ironic is that I'm using my bike as sort of a form of exercise uh, when, I, when I get cigarettes. Go figure that one out. Um, how can you ride your bike and you try to be, have, a, have a mindset of being healthy and here you are smoking your ass off. I don't know if I smoke my ass off. I have a pack. I smoke a pack a day, just about. Works out to be that. It was a little over. I've gotten it down. I'm going to continue to get it down. I want to work to, to bring that down to three quarters of a pack if I can. And then a half a pack. You know, that's the way it works in life. You chip away. You chip away. You chisel away. You're a chiseler, but in a positive, in the positive meaning of the term. Welcome to Morning Ruminations, um, 20th edition, or somewhere around there. I'm trying to make this an edition, uh, actually it's more like 12, but I, I guess I'm exaggerating. But I don't exaggerate when I say the morning is starting off uh, on a gray note, uh, no rain, no sign of rain, rain won't happen, uh, but it's, it's, it's a semi-bright, a semi-bright morning. But it's shrouded in cloud. Um, light, light is coming through my tree. Uh, everything seems predictable. Um, can't use that word with nature, can we? Yeah, in some in some respects we can. Think about it. In some respects we can. When lightning strikes, it burns a fire. It, uh, but sometimes lightning doesn't strike. 
So you don't know when it's going to happen. But when it does happen, the results are fairly, fairly predictable. The results are fairly predictable. Um, when you, you have two adversaries going at it, we're in the season of adversarial uh, social distancing. Um, I don't want to get political. I don't get political on my shows typically. I brushed on it a couple times. Haven't really regretted it because I've moderated myself. Um, I don't like discourse that deteriorates. Is one-sided, although I, you know the positions should be one-sided. Um, but there should be a modicum of respect for the other person. Biggest turnoff is lack of respect. Uh, the truth prevails. The truth can convey what respect the recipient deserves or not. The truth can convey what the recipient deserves. Uh, and the truth will the truth will win out at all in all times, at all times, especially during these times, the times of COVID. Uh, the times of schools being closed, restaurants. I feel bad for the restaurant owners. Um, people are missing experiences in life. We're really, we're really missing out right now in this period, in these uh, eight or nine months or so, ten months actually. Actually heading to, to 11. Uh, in December it'll be 11 months really since, we've, since the, the virus uh, befell us. Uh, and before it was we called an epidemic in China, it became a pandemic when it left its borders beyond. And uh, I agree with Trump. I think China is to blame for not containing this, not quarantining, uh, not using the practices that they should have done, um, at least from what we observe. Maybe some things were done in place, but typically... Given the track record of China, uh, it's um, probably not the case. Probably not the case. So it shows you how I can go off on my morning ruminations. I can start talking about how glorious of a day it's going to start, or how questionable of a day, or how, how uh, you know how how another typical day uh, is becomes not typical. As the day stretches out, you really realize the subtleties, the differences of each day. My mindset is almost in a micro way uh, set a little different each day. Every day, every time I wake up, I'm looking at life a little differently, a little differently. Maybe with more perspective, I'm older, I'm wiser maybe, maybe not. Uh, I don't think we get dumber with age. I think we do get smarter. Um... Again, stay healthy, stay active. You know, I want to get back on my mountain bike. I'm determined to get back on my mountain bike. So the morning rumination gives me a chance to go and ramble on and go on about other things. Sometimes in the rare event, I stay on focus with the morning. So let me try to, let's try to focus here. Okay, let's try to refocus, guy, refocus. Mark's showing, telling me I'm, I'm sort of, obfuscating or ruminating here. 
and then I should get on focus. Yes, Mark. He doesn't always chime in, but he does right here. Uh, he's waving his hand in a, in a circular way to show flow. I like flow, and the flow is of this day. The cats are, you're wondering what my cats are doing because I'm talking about roaming. Morning ruminations means talking about the cats, as if you haven't already found out, because they're around, they're in the room. Deer's right here, they're right here with me, and uh, Buckles would, would really like that. And uh, he'd, uh, he'd be happy, he's commandeered my microphone a number of times. Uh, I think you might have listened to a podcast from a couple, few weeks ago, where um, Buckles essentially took over the studio. Um, he, uh, he had a chance to ramble, which was so awesome, you know, and he always loves to talk about South Fork. He always likes to talk about his horse intrepid usually. Uh, he also likes to do his product, uh, placement, his product, uh, get his product out there, which is the saddle soap and his now famous, uh, cigar line, which is expanding to include uh, cigars under under that Brannigan X brand. It's a red, gold, and uh, black label. And the Brannigan X, uh, the, the he's got the he's got the right he's got the right mix uh, with with these with these blends with these well not blends these are these are straight off. Uh, honest, unadulterated cigars, un unadulterated, pleasurable smokes. Um, they burn slower. They taste better. Uh, they are the perfect cigar. They really are. Um, a puff is really just a puff. Just that, just like the word sounds like. Isn't that a great word? It's puff. I like puff. And when you puff... It's so smooth, silky, uh, with 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 uh, bold, robust notes, not overpowering, still smooth. Uh, a a nutty a nutty flavor is often described by our taste testers and, and cigar enjoyers, and a lot of people coming off other brands. And Buckles realizes this. And how do you get loyalty on a brand? How do you get someone to just go in to a tobacconist and, you know, get to see the brand there, recognize it for what it is, and grabbing several of those cigars, cigars that uh, will not disappoint. They are guaranteed to not disappoint. I, I don't know if anybody can else make a claim like that. It's a small company. They're growing by leaps and bounds. They're adding new lines, adding new ring sizes to their portfolio. And what a portfolio it is. It contains the Robusto. The Piramato is becoming fastly. It's taking that format and making it much more popular much more popular than it used to be. Um, you, can, you can see it in trends. Cigar Trends, Cigar Aficionado will feature many Piramado, uh, Piramado, uh, 
uh, ring sizes, ring size. And it also features the Panatella, the Panatella, which is a very, very, uh, very, has a lot of presence to its smoke. It's not a wispy smoke by any stretch, but it's yet it's an agreeable smoke. And um, many a cigarette smoker can gravitate to that smaller diameter Panatella and enjoy it very much. You can go in onto, uh, onto BrannaganX.com, B-R-A-N-I-G-A-N-X, all one word, dot com, and get your layouts of cigars offered. So, the Robusto, the uh, Corona, the Churchill, and now the new Lonsdale size. And Buckles, if he was here, would be promoting that new Lonsdale size. It was a major achievement to to bring in the boldness of the it's uh <laughs> I, I, I don't really know any other way to say it except that it's probably the most satisfying smoke that I've ever had. You heard Buckles and I on our taste test where I said this is the greatest cigar I ever had, I've ever smoked. Something to those effects. And it certainly is. Panatella, Robusto, Churchill, Corona, uh, the, um, the, the Lonsdale. The the um, the Piramado. This is one of my favorite mash episodes of all time. Pioneer Aviation. Just announced a Defense Department contract, and the, of course the stock is going to go up. We know that. It wouldn't go down. And Frank is uh, perusing the letters. He's actually reading it with glued eyes to the page. And he doesn't know how high it's going to go because the rest of the letter is missing. Uh, it's sure to go as high as, and then the, the letter ends. And the letter page continues to the next page. You know what I mean. Now Frank is frantically, frantically looking for said letter. Tipping over furniture. Almost wrecking the still. And we're going commercial. And it now allows me to uh, segue uh, to the fact that I had a great dinner. I had a really enjoyable dinner. What did it consist of? It consisted of steamers. I told my brother Claude I was having steamers. I'm almost making it a once-a-week kind of deal. Uh, might start making it twice a, twice a... But, you know, does that hold you? No. I should cook a vegetable. I don't. My frozen vegetables are sitting semi-languishing in the freezer. And um, let me just mute this. I love my mute button. My cat's looking out the window, in case you don't know. It's already dark out here in Rhode Island. Um haven't given you the lowdown of recent did a, a partial uh, 
morning ruminations on previous podcasts, um, maybe on a previous segment on this show, we had touched upon it, I think. Um, I should go back to my notes. I should be paying attention to what I'm doing. I shouldn't forget. Do I rewind? Do I have to stop and go back and review, which Anchor lets you do? It lets you review a segment, segment by segment. Uh, I can rewind it. Uh, it shows the whole uh, UV layout uh, mapped out um, on the segment. I can zoom in. I can uh, cut out and edit. I, I do minimal editing. Um, you're getting this pretty fresh, um, unadulterated. That's the way I like it. But getting back to my dinner, awesome. Awesome dinner. I can only say that. Um <clears throat> consisting of steamers, like I said. But I started with clam chowder, New England clam chowder from Legal Seafoods. comes in a plastic container. It's in, the, it's in the fish department right in front of the salmon at Stop and Shop, at least in my store. It's right in front of the whole salmon with the head and everything. He's looking right at me saying, try the Legal Seafoods, and I do. And it's, uh, it's, it, it, what it does is it just creates a good filling dinner. Um, it's a good compliment. You can't just have steamers. I guess you can. I had steamers and slept like a baby that, that night. I know I wasn't hungry. No hunger pangs. Um, I can sometimes get them. They can interrupt our sleep. You know, um, they can definitely, um, definitely diminish the quality of sleep. Uh, it's a growling stomach. Uh, although I find once I go to bed... My stomach magically fills up. No, it doesn't fill up, of course, but it it uh, doesn't make itself known and rumble and uh, sort of do a dance. Doesn't do any of that acrobatics. None of that involved. I have a quiet, quiet sleep, and I wake up uh, not hungry. So, and that was the case with these steamers. Uh, and I got them on sale too. I got 18 steamers for 5.91. And that's the sale price. Uh, it's got the red, the red uh, label on the bag, and I like the bag it comes in. It's a double thick uh, seafood bag from Stop and Shop. It's blue and red and white. I think it's got a lobster on it. It's a lobster bag. It's a lobster bag. But they throw the steamers in there, and I think I'm going to buy more next time. I'm going to get about ten dollars worth. Uh, and hopefully, they'll stay on sale. Sale prices last quite a bit at Stop and Shop. No surprises. They don't really uh, trip you up with uh, grocery shopping there. You know what you're getting into. Uh, I pay a little bit more in Pawtucket at the Pawtucket Stop and Shop. It's one of the cheaper Stop and Shops, but it's more expensive than Market Basket. Uh, go figure. Uh, why is that? I don't know. We should do some research on that. Maybe not. Um, but I don't walk. I don't walk over. I have to. I'm without a vehicle right now. I'm like a Manhattanite uh, without a vehicle and. Um, I, um, I basically uh, take my bike to stop and shop. I guess I could do the same for uh, Market Basket. The lay of the land is such that it uh, would be a requiring to ride, take my bike down uh, Newport Avenue way, uh, stay on that road, and then hang into the plaza, uh, which has Market Basket to the right. Uh, if you're from Pawtucket, um, and uh, it's all good. I got some frozen dinners, entrees. 
I love that word entree. Sounds so appetizing. Not a big frozen appetizer buyer. I like to buy something with weight, some calories. I look at the calorie count on most foods, on most foods, chocolate, you know, 200 calories, and almost a meal in itself. I like calories. Can you blame me? I like to eat something that's worth eating. I don't like, I like pastry, but I don't like light foods. I like three hard boiled eggs in the morning. I've settled on three. I used to do four. I was getting greedy with the hens. They're Rhode Island eggs, by the way. They're Rhode Island bread eggs, and they are just incredible. They're so fresh, and they're not expensive. $3.29 for a, for a dozen. Sometimes I've seen it as low as $3.19 for a dozen. And uh, Land Lakes makes a great natural egg as well, cage-free. Of course, the Rhode Island eggs are cage-free, organic. These are organic cage-free from, from Land Lakes, and they're about $3.49, sometimes a little higher. So I don't buy them. If it's cheaper, I'll get the Land Lakes. I don't have as much allegiance to Rhode Island if I'm going to save a dime or two. Uh, usually 20 cents does it. Um, but if Land Lakes undercuts, you know, they go in there pretty aggressively, these food companies. Um, I see the guys and gals in there um, filling the shelves, organizing things. You know, you, it's the worker in the store that you ask where something is, and of course they have no clue. You know, they say, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm just filling shelves here, or I'm a vendor. And then you move on, you know, I don't work here. Um, and, you know, you have to find a real stop and shop. They're wearing black now. Got new carriages. They got new carriages in the store. Exciting news, exciting news, folks. New shopping carts, as we call them in carriages in Rhode Island, but they're known as shopping carts. And uh, the cars are nice in the lot. They don't get too banged up. Everything stays pretty neat. Have you had a chance to check your lottery numbers this morning in the Providence Journal? Um, I don't normally play the lottery, so I don't really care. What I do want to make a point of is that this, uh, this election that's going to be coming on November 3rd, Tuesday, it's going to be a big day. I think everything is narrowing down. It's coming down to a narrow path. And I'll tell you who the path is going towards for victory who the path is going for, for defeat. Once you know who the victor is, you'll know who the defeated is. Once you know the vanquished, you'll know the victor. So it's coming into focus. That's probably the best word to describe this. Everything's coming down to focus through the fake polls, fake news polls, of course. We can glean some truth out of those polls by uh, factoring in certain logistics involved. Is that a good word to use? Probably not. Uh, factoring in, well, yeah, factoring in certain factors. Factoring in certain factors. Um, honing and, uh, and focus, focus. So, focus, focus. And after last, after the other night's debate, um, it's 7.15 in the morning here in my lifetime my mind. You might be hearing this on Christmas Day in 2021. You 
You might be hearing this on a summer day in 2022. What's on the internet stays on the internet. And uh, the staying power of, uh, of the president, uh, he really moderated himself pretty well. He actually comp- complimented the um, woman of color who was moderating after being a little critical of her leanings, leftist leanings, and aiding Biden. Biden looked like he was uh, being corralled by his handlers in real time at the debate, and uh, his grimacing is um, react non-reactions uh, to the end to the prodding of Trump. Um, where am I going with this? Well, he just showed himself to be a weak candidate. We don't like weak candidates. Americans like strong candidates. Uh, We like candidates that will um, throw some mud without getting too... You know, there's a a fine line. Um, There's sort of a wide line, actually. But if you go go to the right of that line, you're going a little too right. And um, certainly last the other night, uh, Trump showed his wares to the American public and he turned off his normally combative normally uh, over the top interruptive rather crude style he was able to show that he was can turn that off and uh, you don't question his mind you now revel in his ability his flexibility, his flexibility. Uh, my main f- takeaway is that Trump thinks big, Biden thinks small. Trump is positive, Biden negative. Um, uh, Biden held his own, but that's not enough. He had to show, he had to chisel into uh, Donald Trump's cliffside. And he didn't. He didn't do that. Um, Trump held his own, and that shows strength. It also is a good thing for Trump if he could hold his own. He'll certainly hold on to the 46 percent of African Americans supporting supporting him or giving him approval, giving him approval. Now, how does that translate to the voting booth? If you approve of someone, you're going to vote for him. It's as simple as that. If it goes down to 40% by the time election day, that's still significant. It's significant at 30% approval for black, the black populace approving of our president. Um, this is all prima facie. This is all, uh, this is all my observations that are objective. Uh, I come at it from an objective point of view. I've got slight right leanings, but I'm more I'm more centrist. I can say that pretty affirmatively. Although I do corral my buddies on one side, uh, who are in my camp, uh, Dr. Steve Turley, who has a great show, underestimated show. He gets a lot of viewership. Uh, I like Tucker Carlson, of course. Um, 
I like uh, celebrities that back up Trump. And these are not extremist people. Don't let the Democrats lump. Don't let the leftists lump everybody into the right side, the extreme right. Nope, don't, don't let them do that. Define the right. The right has many segments to it. It's more defined and broader. It shouldn't be a halfway mark. It should be more of a one-third of the way mark, with two-thirds being the spectrum, the spectrum of, uh, of the Republicans. And uh, the, uh, the left side, of course, being only one-third is a very narrow band, and uh, extremist views of left come into four, into the moderate side, and the, uh, the teetering on, on the centrist view. So that's my perspective. To say, um, I'm going to lose my brother, my oldest brother, on this one. He is a uh, pretty much, I could say, he's a staunch Democrat. Uh, he's a um, third generation um, uh, feminist, third third wave feminist, I should say. Uh, we got into some heated arguments regardless, re- regarding this, I should say. So I think he's going to turn this off. He's probably already done it. Uh, I was probably not even halfway through saying how Trump uh, won the debate, by the way. I think, uh, let's go back, Trump won the debate 74% in one poll. Uh, the Democrats have that flipped, and if you're in that sphere of the CNN, MSNBC, ABC, CBS, NBC uh, corner, let's just say, you did not hear anything about the Trump one. You heard the opposite, 74% or 75%. I think it was 75% in that one. They said that that, that Biden won. Uh, you also did not hear from the CNN news that the uh, Bobolinsky coming out courageously to admit that he was an associate of Hunter Biden and that, yes, those emails are, uh, those emails are genuine. They are not Russian bot. The left media, mainstream media did not report on that. kept their listeners in the dark. Uh, How can the numbers, slumping numbers of CNN continually eroding, their their viewership is continually eroding. How can they account for 60% of the people? I don't know how that, there's a disconnect there somehow. Uh, Somehow those, those, those numbers don't make sense. Should be more forty percent, if that. Um, listening to this media because the media has very low read its viewership. I think there's some fakery going on. I really do. I think there's some real fakery going on. Some sinister, nefarious, uh, overall not leaning either to one side. It's just the way it is. 
It's a, it's a, it's a corralling. It's a putting us in our stables, making us sheeple instead of people. Yeah, there you go there. And um, I think that's what the story is. I think that's really what it's all about. It's not leaning towards any other, towards, towards any philosophy politically. It's just, uh, it's just a matter of keeping the people at bay, whether they're Democrats or Republicans. And that's where I think some of that fakery is going on. But most of the fakery can be put on the shoulders of the Democratic Party. It certainly can. They are the misinformation leaders. They are leaders in only one respect, and that's misinforming the people. Who are the people? You, me, your friends, your kitty cats. No, I'm just kidding. They don't vote. They don't have a vote. Sorry. Maybe someday, maybe when they get together at the kitty cat convention in Kittsville, the province, where it's going to be coming up in 2021, they're getting ready. We're going to be doing a big podcast live from Providence, Rhode Island, uh, to, uh, to welcome kitty cats from all over the country from all over the country uh, to descend upon uh, this unassuming town and uh, at the Rhode Island Convention Center. It's this summer, this August. Last August, we had, this just this past August, we had a great gathering of the cats. They flew in, trained in, bussed in, taxied in, Ubered in from all over, just about all over. Rhode Island contingency uh, was very well represented because we had Lulu, uh, Lily, who uh, is uh, Lily is the past cat from the uh, Massey household. She was the keynote kitty cat speaker, and uh, she was amplified. The microphones was amplified to get her high pitched meow out. She sent some virtual signaling that uh, you could. bowl anytime you want. You can use a litter box anytime you want. Freedom of litter control. That was the uh, the goal, the strategy that the that uh, Lily pushed. She also pushed for more rights in letting kitties go into corners and lick themselves. They allowed it was a five minute allowance. Now they've increased it to six minutes. The extra minute will let them get to their little crevices and corners that they need to get. We don't need to get into too much detail here. Uh, it's all outlined on a 27-page outline of the do's and don'ts of uh, the kitty cat uh, perspective. The do's and don'ts of the kitty cat's perspective. I forget what the title is. You can download it in a PDF format. Um, the the dogs will be getting together too, but the kitty cats are really the main are really the main show. And when they come to Providence, they're going to be bringing little family kitty cat members, little litters that they've had. They're going to wait for the kitties to get a little older so they can travel. Um, I believe seven weeks is the age of the kitties where they're allowed to uh, get onto the Kitty Cat Express um, per the per express 
Um, that's the proper name of the plane. And there's many flights coming back and forth. It's a busy little plane. Um, it carries 500 eager agenda setting picket sign carrying uh, kitty, kitty girls and boys it's as simple as that and the uh, the eateries are getting ready in Providence to serve up great kitty dis- delicious delights it's going to be part of a side segment we do on the show on that day it's going to be called the the menu, and it's going to feature just some great kitty cat delight and foods and snacks, little snacks and toys. It's going to do a little review of, of uh, do's and don'ts with toys, uh, the, the, the toys that, that make it to the list and don't. It's going to be fun. We're really looking forward to it. John Jacobs will now be reporting live in Providence on that day. And uh, in August, and it's going to be great. Story Evermore will be there. Buckles Brannigan will be there in Pawtucket with Guy. Um, but John's going to be in the thick of it in Providence, downtown at the convention center doing the play by play. The action on the floor, the action outside the, the Civic Center, the convention center and Civic Center is there. expecting, I think they're expecting something like 12,000 kitty cats. So it's going to be a very, very busy day for the Providence officials to handle all the kitty cat uh, demands and treatises. So that's the report that I give you on that. And uh, it keeps us everything in perspective, doesn't it? But the election is going to be big. It's big, big November 3rd is a big day. Will be a big day. I look at it with uh, anticipation. My butterflies are in the stomach are a little less, less so. I'm going to vote at my voting place in Pawtucket here at St. Cecilia's Church Hall. I'm voting in person. I'm not doing the mail. Um, don't have any real strong opinions against the mail way of doing it, but I'm not going to do that. I want to vote my one vote, and it's going to be right here in Pawtucket, right here in Pawtucket, at a voting place, at a physical voting place, where you have to fill out the ballot in a little booth, and you walk over, feed that puppy into the uh, voter register, and it counts your vote, it hopefully counts your vote, let's hope it does. Then I'll basically go home, make supper, It'll be around that time. I'll have my macaroni and cheese or something like that. Maybe a salad, maybe not. I don't usually do salads for dinner, but I might. I might. Because these are going to be salad days. These will be salad days ahead if, if all the projections work towards us. I know the polls are fake, but if you factor in, if you adjust them, there's a possibility slight, but there is a possibility of seeing the truth through these polls, and I I think I have seen the truth. So, um, no more needs to be said about it, and uh, maybe Claude can come back to my show, my oldest brother, who uh, is not not a Republican, 
not a Republican. Um, how come it's hard? How come it's so hard to, to persuade Democrats to come to our side a little bit? Not, we don't even ask a lot. In fact, we only ask them to go to more centrist, centrist views. Uh, they get a disdain for the center in politics as they do to the right. To anything on the right. There's an absolute disdain. A palatable, uh, palatable, tasting, tasteable aberration towards walking over to the other side. Towards walking over to the other side. And I think it's kind of sad. The Republicans are more open to going a little left. They can moderate themselves, I think, better. And, you know, this might just be me. I might be wrong. In fact, I'm probably wrong. No, I'm not. I'm not wrong. I'm not wrong about this one. Uh, I'm pretty solid on this one. I'm pretty solid. I'm recording this on October 25th of 2020. Yesterday, um, I wanted to uh, just make a note that yesterday, October 24th, was John Anderson's birthday. J-O-N. Not to be confused with John Anderson, the actor, from the Western days. Um, John Anderson is a musician internationally known. Uh, he's 76 and uh, today is his first full day as being 76 years old and um, we wish him the best in his continued endeavors. He's uh, done many new albums or new uh, music releases many, 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 many since his uh, his last days as being in the band called Yes. Uh, you know that band, Roundabout, remember that song? Uh, Relayer, remember that album? Uh, Topographic Oceans, uh, my brother Claude's favorite album of all time. Um, and uh, at least from what he's related to me, um, uh, if, he, if he likes another one, he's gonna have to let me know. Um, it is a double record set, uh, and it's uh, a good listen. It's got some long songs on it, though. You need a little bit of an attention span to listen to this band called Yes. Um, I think their first album was 1968, if I'm correct on that, um, and entitled Yes. But John Anderson, uh, Chris Squire, uh, uh, Alan White, Bill Bruford, Steve Howe, uh, and Rick Wakeman, um, and others that filled in for this great band. Um, they, uh, Claude played that album and other albums from this group relentlessly 
and uh, kept us awake at night as kids growing up. Claude, uh, I guess he must have been around, um, I don't know, I'm going to say he was about 16 years old when he first heard Yes, he told me the story. He heard the album being played, the Fragile album uh, being played. And, uh, of course, he snapped up that album immediately and then picked up the older albums before that to learn about the the timeline of this band. Um, You know, many times he had his friends over listening to it. Um, So, happy birthday, John Anderson. The other John Anderson, J-O-H-N, is a Western actor that was appeared on many of the Western TV shows, uh, and he is was was played usually played an older gentleman. He was an older actor on the scene. Um, he uh, was usually an antagonist, but not always, not always, um, and he was a character actor a character actor, back when character actors really could put on different hats. And uh, so I admire the two Johns, and I wish John Anderson all the best. John, J-O-N, Anderson. This is Brockles Brannigan. I want to tell you about old man Hickerson who lived up on Tennant Hill. He had a family of 13. 13, can you believe it? And that didn't include his wife, Millicent. And these, the Hickersons, well, I'll tell you about the Hickersons. Kind of a nice family, actually. Old man Jedediah come down to Johnson's saloon here in town and played played some cards, his own brand. Drank his own brand of whiskey, brought it into the bar actually, his own kind of moonshine mix there. Shared it with folk until the bartender came up and said, you're going to have to clear out. I'm going to have to take your liquor if you want to stay here you're going to have to drink my liquor Bert the bartender yep he didn't take any guff and old man Hickerson would leave the premises he didn't drink anything but his own brand of moonshine his family of 13 kids living up there on Tennant Mountain Tennant Hill it's a hill but it's a real real tall hill it's about 1,020 feet could almost be considered a mountain if it was out here in New England way, out near, there, up there in New England. But being down te- Texas way, well, you know, it's not too tall. Although around these parts, it is pretty tall. And they, uh, they come down, come down for church services. And uh, black-eyed peas... Millicent made a great black-eyed pea recipe. 
Millicent's mom also lived with them, and she was 102 years old. Yep, 102. Still going strong. Yelling for the kids to get off the porch when she wanted some quiet time. And, uh, the hound dog come running up to her, her favorite animal. And they were surrounded by pigs. Goats, horses. Family made basically, for the most part, kept to themselves. I did a little bit of investigating and went up there one day to play cards with old man Jedediah in his own home. And let me describe the home. You come in. First word I call it ramshackle. It's ramshackle. Got your fireplace. It's one room, by the way, for 13 people. Can you believe that? They made a little extension to the back that was haphazardly made to fit about six more of the kids in there. Bedrooms were like stalls. They were like stalls going down the wall. And I don't even remember any of the kids' names. They all listened to their daddy and their mommy and their grandma. And they all got along real well. But the fireplace, kitchen was off to the left side corner. Pots and pans hanging. And there's a rug by the fireplace and a couple of rocking chairs in there. One of the rocking chairs was used on the porch for, for the old lady. For Millicent and Jedediah. Yeah, Millicent and Jedediah Hickersons. The Hickerson family. And I always liked it when Jedediah would come down into town. I always liked it when the whole family would come down to church on Sunday here in South Fork. I did. The hills were distant, and they had to do a little bit of riding. They never were late. In fact, they were early for church. They were early for church. Many of the churchgoers would talk to them before the service, and then, of course, the father, the padre, the parson, shake each and every one of the hands of the kids and adults alike as they came out. And Hickerson's included. Hickerson's included. Jedediah would always compliment Parson Jameson on such a great sermon. And he'd put his hat on, grab the wagon all the whole family back up into the hills yep back up into the hills but not before Millicent would give her black eyed recipe to some of the women folk you know, a written note telling them exactly how to cook it how to cook it make it right 
hog jaw, hog jaw recipe. She was known for her hog jaw recipe. She was fairly educated too. She came to live with Jedediah back in the day. She came from a more educated family, but Jedediah took her up to the hills. And one baby after another, one baby after another, 13 of them, yep. That's my story, that's my story of the Hickersons. I hope you, hope you enjoy it. I'm here in the studio, kicking back while Guy is away uh, on a little bit of a self-imposed retreat. I'm here just to tell you that I've got Lulu right by me. She's right by me. And uh, she's all beautiful. And I got my man, Kane Cat, somewhere around here. Guy's cat, I should say. And um, just chilling, just chilling, you know. I got some recollections that that Hickerson story is all true. It all took place in the late 1800s. It's my real experiences with the family. As I sit and converse with you or talk to you here on Guys Talk Me Some Art and Other Stories podcast on October 26th. I'm sorry, October 25th. 2020. So uh, we're going to get ready for a, a little bit of a. Well, I'm going to get. I'm going to be here in the year 2036, year I was born. And I'm going to do a 200 year anniversary of me. That's a little ways off. That's a little ways off. Until then, um, I'm just here. I'm going to be flying back on one of those plane contraptions. And I'm going to land at Mayville, and I'm going to ride in on the little coach there that connects the two towns. And I'll be in my hotel room there where I live have lived for quite some time relaxing with my Brannigan X cigar my old gold whiskey I can't wait to have that it's a bourbon and I like my bourbon I never got into details on past stories that it was a bourbon but it's a bourbon one of the best too but I did have Jedediah Dickerson's own recipe and I tell you it uh, really made its presence known the drinkability factor was very high and uh, we had some crazy nights me sitting back on his porch with his grandma we sat on the steps because grandma took the rocking chair and they didn't bring the rocking chairs out from the house those stayed in the house, according to Millicent, because she had a little bit of fine upbringing as a child. 
Remember, she was not born in the hillbilly environment. Jedediah took her as his wife and uh, brought her into that whole world. And uh, she kept the house neat. And certain things didn't go out of doors, out of doors. What difference does it make? He asked Millicent. She'd tell you, well, this rocking chair stays right here on the porch. And the other two stay in the house by the fireplace. Because she wanted to make it a nice comforting home to come into. She didn't want those rockers outside on the porch. Nope. So we had to sit down on the steps drinking our whiskey. Or drinking his, I should say. I love my whiskey, but I drank his moonshine. His own recipe. His own recipe. We started getting really high. Started playing with the goats. And the chickens running all over the place. In broad daylight, two drunken men. It's quite a sight, quite a sight. I wouldn't really know it from my perspective. But we must have looked really silly to everyone on every one of the onlookers. So my story of the Hickersons ends there for now. I've got other recollections. I've got some great card game recollections. I've got some great recollections of the Hickersons coming down into town. All 16 of them, including the, the Meme or the Grandma. And that's, that's my story of Jedediah and Millicent. Hope you enjoyed it. So for now, this is Buckles Brannigan in the Pawtucket studio, Pawtucket, Rhode Island, signing off. The Rich Reds. The golds, the faded but yet limeyish, limeyish turning of green, and the mixture within each leaf, and the solidness of other leaves fall on Rhode Island and on Connecticut. And this story is my ride from Rhode Island to Connecticut, and it's brought to you by Paul Massey Chevrolet Buick GMC. I wanted to let you know first of all that 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 the, the whole idea with this fall trip is just to tell you what happened on a given Sunday. It's actually this Sunday, October 25th, 2020, 2020. And um, had a great time. I had a really wonderful time. We, had, we, we went, our main reason, of course, was to go to visit my brother Claude. Um, he lives in Middletown, Connecticut. It's a small town, a small city south of Hartford on the Connecticut River in the shadow of the Aras... Aser, As, oh boy, I got Claude's going to really tell me on, tear me apart on this. Andrew Stoggin, Andrew Scoggin, Andrew Scoggin, I think I'm pronouncing it right. Andrew Scoggin Bridge in uh, connects Portland, Portland, Connecticut to Middletown, Connecticut. 
and they're two nice little towns that come together by via the bridge. They don't really come together, but they are separated by the mighty Connecticut River, uh, the most major river, uh, one of the major rivers on the East Coast, certainly uh, New England's number one river. It runs uh, all the way down, cuts New Hampshire. It's what it's what shapes up New Hampshire and New Hampshire's right border and east border and and New Hampshire's west border. I am very sorry. And and can I, and uh, <laughs> I'm going to start over. I'm going to take a pause here. I really do. I'm having some real ge- geographical uh, challenges ahead of me with this one sentence and that is simply I want to finish this and that is that it's New Hampshire's west border and Vermont's eastern border that come together and jag their way down and that continues all the way down through Massachusetts and cuts Massachusetts in half essentially and then yeah, basically it, it, uh, it comes down through Connecticut and it's it's named it's named the namesake is the Connecticut River. So we had a great visit, and uh, Claude's good. He's good. He's a good a good man. He does good service for that town. He really does. And um, I give him a lot of credit, and it's credit where credit is due. And I think um, he uh, he's always got some words of encouragement uh, like that. And a brother, and he definitely shows like all my brothers are great. All my brothers are great. Paul and Pierre, and my sisters. I love Pierre, 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 Paul, and Claude. But I love Renee and Nikki too. And um, I'm in the mix there. But uh, I'm talking about uh, my love for my sisters and my brothers. So it's all it's all complete out. It's a complete situation. And. Um, so the foliage and, and my my Janet gave got the call in from Teresa while we were on the road driving on Route Nine in Connecticut on our way up to Middletown from uh, her daughter Pierre and Pierre, Pierre and Janet Pierre was driving uh, Pierre and Janet's uh, daughter from Chicago she's a newly married couple uh, to her and her husband Robbie. And uh, she's, uh, they are wonderful, wonderful kids as well. We had a nice little conversation. As we, as we rolled right into Middletown, we were ending our conversation, so it couldn't have timed any better. Uh, very efficient. We didn't really waste a lot of time out there, folks. We really didn't. It was not, it was not a time waster. We, uh, we, we, we got where we were going. Pierre made incredible timing in both directions. Usually it's only one direction, you know. Usually the ride home tends to go by shorter, but it's different with everybody. It's different with everybody. I've, I've, been, I've gone on trips where the ride home is eternally longer, it seemed, than the ride uh, leading into where we were going. But it's typically the other way around. And today it was even Stevens all the way. And, um, you know, I'm generally in a pretty good mood. I, I generally am feeling pretty well, i got to say. Uh, I, I say to myself, I feel good, I feel pretty good, I feel good. That's usually how I say it. And good, good, good. It's it's all good. And um, I got nothing really to complain about. I really, I'm in good general health. Um, people tell me I look pretty good. 
my, my beard can grow kind of long and my hair can get long and I got white hair, folks. I got white hair out there in podcast world, so just you can picture me. Uh, but I, I got I just bought a razor, a new, uh, I think it's a Norelco, one of those brands, a good brand, uh, a razor, and it's going to clip its way through and do it do its number on me. And, uh, and I'll be a well-trimmed individual. I'll be a well-trimmed individual.